Hey, welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. 2 Samuel chapter number 4, verse number 4. It starts off with, and Jonathan, Saul's son. Saul was the king, Jonathan was the prince. And his heir, we're about to talk about, Jonathan's heir. And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was crippled. He was lame in his feet, and here's why. He was five years old when the news came of Saul and Jonathan, which which the news came that the king and the prince were killed on the battlefield. He was five years old when the news came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel, and because of fear, they were living in the palace, living in the king's palace, but because of fear, his nurse took him up and began to run. And it came to pass, as she was in such a big hurry to flee, that he fell and became lame. It crippled him. And his name was Mephibosheth. That's what Kobe and Taylor's name in theirs. <laughs> I'm going to get that name for it. Mephibosheth. I think it's interesting Uh, And it's really pertinent because I need you to understand before I get any further because I need you to catch this pass today. You think I'm reading about Mephibosheth. I'm not. I'm reading about you. Did you catch it? If this is a story in the Bible, you're going to miss it. I'm not reading about Mephibosheth today. I'm going to preach to individuals today. And I'm going, and you are Mephibosheth. Now, I've had time to practice, you hadn't, but look to your neighbor and tell them, my name is Mephibosheth. <laughs> my name is Mephibosheth. Here's what's awesome your name means exterminator of shame. Your name means exterminator of confusion. That's what your name means. That's that's your destiny. Your name means exterminator of disappointment. That's what you're anointed to do. Oh, I know you're crippled. And I know you have a handicap. And you may not can see it, but I come today as a spiritual father over Life Church to tell you, amen, I don't know and don't care what your circumstances are, you are an exterminator of disappointment. You're anointed to make a difference. Oh, I need somebody to catch this thing today. Okay, turn with me to chapter number nine. And we're going to start in verse number one. 2 Samuel 9 and 1. And David said, years later now, Mephibosheth, the, the nurse took off running with him. He was crippled, not because of anything he did. He was crippled, lame. Years have gone by. Mephibosheth obviously has married. He's had a child. Years have gone by. David has been exalted to king, to the king. And David remembered he made a promise to Jonathan. 
Mephibosheth's son, which he didn't even know he had, obviously. I'm sorry. David made a promise to Mephibosheth's dad. I ain't got time to teach that, but I'd really love to. Matter of fact, Jonathan told David, I'm going to give you my position. You're talking about the message of salvation. I'm going to give you my robe. I'm going to give you my sword. He said, just promise you me you'll bless my family. <laughs> what a man. What a man. So David is on his throne. His kingdom is secure. And all of a sudden, God reminds him what you promised your best friend. You promised Jonathan that you would bless his household. So now the king is saying, I wish I'd have looked it up. That's what teachers do. That's not me. Josh would have done that. Verse number nine. And David said, is there any left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Can I tell you, God's about to bless some of you with a blessing you don't feel like you deserve, but he's not doing it for your sake. He's doing it for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that's somebody's word right now. You thought you had to earn and deserve it, but really the Lord is saying, I'm gonna bless you because of what Jesus done. Huh? Uh, the devil is a liar, amen? It don't matter if you don't measure up. God said, I'm looking for the man and I'm gonna bless him uh, for Jesus' sake. Boy, that takes a load off, don't it? And there was of the house of Saul a, ser a servant whose name was Ziba. It's probably Ziba, but I have, I'm easier with Ziba. And when they had called him to David, the king said unto him, Are you Zeba? He said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not because Zeba was a longtime servant of Saul? Zeba's getting up in age now, but he was a longtime servant of Saul. He was one of Saul's men when Saul was king. And the king said, David said, Is there not any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God to him? And Zeba said unto the king, Jonathan still has a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Makar, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Now, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm talking to you this morning. I'm talking to us as individuals, so there's some things you need to understand about this. He's been living down in the house of Makar. Makar means to surrender. Makar literally means to surrender to the circumstances even though I'm a prince. Are y'all with me? So he's been living in a situation even though he was destined to be great, he's living in a household that is surrendered to circumstances who said, I will never be nothing. And he's living down in a place called Lodabar. Just the name is depression. <laughs> Low means no, and Debar means pasture, or a place of lack. He's living in Lodabar where it says it's no pasture there. There's nothing but lack there. He's living in spiritual destitution. 
Come on, can I just work the scripture this morning? He's living in spiritual destiny. Uh, yeah. And what's crazy, I just love the Hebrew language because it's so broad. Another word for debar is word, decree, cause, or purpose. He's living in a place of surrender in a state where there is no prophetic word being spoken. There's no purpose in his life. Is anybody in this building? There's nobody decreeing what thus says the Lord. And he's just living down there in Lodabar. I feel like something is going to happen in this place. It even goes on to say, if y'all are taking notes, a place of no vision. Lodabar is a place of no prophetic vision. He has succumbed to the circumstances and surrendered because even though I was a prince, now I'm crippled. I'm just a cripple. I'm, I'm handicapped. But David, King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Makar. You coming out. <laughs> I just can't get past my attention. Reach over and grab your neighbor and pull on him a little bit. Say, you coming out. Come on, Meth. Tell him, come on, Meth. Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> come on, Meth. Meth, I can't even say his name. Mephibosheth, tell him, grab him, grab him and say, come on, Mephibosheth, you coming out. Huh? Come on, I need somebody to help me, amen. Uh, I need to get somebody. Kobe, come, you're my runner, jump up, run, run. All the way back to Branson and grab him and pull on him because he don't have nobody with him. And say, Mephibosheth, you coming out. I need somebody to prophesy right now, I'm coming out. I know there's no vision. Hey, I know, I know, I know I'm, I'm being raised by Makar. I'm being raised by somebody who don't believe in me. I'm being raised by somebody who has surrendered to the call. But I'm telling you, God is sending somebody to pull you out. I'm gonna pull you out before I quit preaching today. We got the Holy Ghost is gonna pull you out of Lodabar. <laughs> oh, somebody shout, I'm coming out. I'm telling you, it's going to be worth your while to fight the ice today. Hey, let's see, where was uh, five, six? Five says, now King David sinned and fetched him out of the house of Makar, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. You're coming out of Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, it's me. And David said unto him, do not be afraid, because I'm about to bless your socks off. Is that in your Bible? That's the message Bible, I'm sure. <laughs> for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, for Jonathan thy father's sake. Oh, somebody ought to underline that in your Bible. He's just going to bless you because of Jesus. He will restore thee. Not only am I going to show you some kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, I'm going to restore you all the land of Saul your father and you are going to eat bread at my table continually. I'm going to give you your inheritance back. He said, I'm going to bless you because of what your father did. The Holy Ghost is about to bless you because of what Jesus did. Not because of what you did. 
And he bowed himself and said, uh-oh, this is, uh-huh, he's caught it. This is a normal response to people who's lived in Lodabar too long. Your season's over. That season's over. I said, that season of Lodabar is over. But if you don't catch what I'm about to throw to you, you're going to forfeit this for that because that's where you've lived so long. Oh, I ain't preaching to everybody, but I'm talking to somebody right now. You was, you was raised like that. You've always thought like that. It's a, it's a big transition, Sister Gracie, when all of a sudden uh, a superior grabs you out of Lodabar and sets you at a king's table. It takes a minute. Uh, who am I preaching to? It's going to take you a minute to learn to navigate the arena you're about to step into. It takes a minute, and if you ain't careful, you'll not, you won't respond properly. I'm already preaching. He said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? God, man, why are you talking to me like this? You don't even know I'm crippled. I'm handicapped. I don't walk like everybody else. I don't talk like everybody else. I can't even function like everybody else functions. Why are you even considering me? Why are you looking at me? And when I read that, it was like God said, I got my eye. He said, tell my people, I got my eye on you. God said, tell them I'm looking at them right now and I'm considering them right now. And in spite of what you think about yourself, I got my eye on you and you see cripple and I see an exterminator. I see an exterminator of shame and confusion. That's what I see. That's what I see. Why are you looking at me like that? He said, why are you looking upon such a dead dog as I am? Amen. Can I tell you, God don't even respond to your nonsense? <laughs> uh, amen. I said, God don't even respond to that because that's not what he's seeing. If you don't make me look. Amen. He asked David a question. What am I? Why are you looking at me like that? Then the king called Zeba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto your master's son all that pertains to Saul and to all of that house. He wouldn't even respond to all that negative talking. He just turned around and said, I just give him all of Saul's estate. Isn't that good? I just give him everything his father built. Ten. You, thou therefore, Zeba, and your sons and your servants will till the land for him and shall bring in the fruit that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons, bless his heart, and 20 servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mibbeseth, said the king, oh, somebody got to read this with me. He shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. Is that it? 
Well, let me tell you what Micah means here. Who is like the Lord? Here it means look at God. <laughs> and all that dwelt in the house of Zebra were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. Turn with me now to the book of Revelations. If you didn't hear last week's message, because you couldn't get out, nobody could. I wish you would go back and listen to it. This is part two to last week. Revelations chapter number three, verse number 20. It says, behold, this talking about Jesus is at his church's door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and have sat down, excuse me, with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. After this, four and one, after this, I looked and behold a door. Wait a minute. We were just reading about a door that Jesus was standing on the outside of, trying to get in. But now all of a sudden we go from that setting to chapter number four and verse number one. After I looked, behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice, somebody shout first. The first, which means, first voice meaning order and rank or chief voice, which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up a little higher. And I'm going to show you some stuff prophetically. Um, and, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper or a sardius stone. And there was a rainbow around the throne in sight like unto an emerald. I told you last week, God spoke to me in prayer, a very high place of prayer. And he spoke to me and I saw what is almost contradictory to theology. Because we believe that God has sat down on his throne. Amen? That's good theology. We got scripture for that. And Jesus has sat down on his right hand. But in prayer, God spoke to me and said, I have raised up out of my holy habitation. So with me, I don't just throw out prophetic words unless I can back it up. And I found in the book of Zechariah, chapter number two, I told you this last week, it's chapter number two, and it's the very last verse where he said, God said, I have raised up out of my holy habitation. Meaning, amen, when God stands up, he stands up to do something. 
Amen. When God, ta- when he stands up, he's getting ready to do something. That's what he was trying to show me in prayer. Amen. That, that I need you to know you have been asking how to discern the times and the seasons. And if you don't understand what season you're in, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. He said, I need to speak through you prophetically. I'm telling you, I'm afraid you think I'm sermonizing you right now, and I'm not. I need you to write it down somewhere right now. Grab a pen, grab a paper, nothing else. I'm telling you, God told me I have raised up off my holy habitation. And I am measuring the temple, meaning I am expanding the kingdom of God. Thank you. Keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. I need you to know, in spite of how you feel and the slump you may be in right now, as an apostolic leader over this church, I need you to know God told me personally that I have stood up to do a great work. I have stood up to do a great work. Amen. I know it's, it's, it's analogy and emphasis all because God don't have to stand to do anything. He's just trying to let us know that I am on the move. I am on the move. Amen. Here's the problem with that. I'm not going to digress and preach Zechariah chapter number two. Scripture reveals that expansion of the kingdom always comes in the most inconvenient seasons in your life. I just need you to think about it. Expansion of God's kingdom will always come in the most inconvenient seasons of your life. And there's many reasons for that, Sister Lindsay. Amen. Have you ever noticed when a photographer starts to take a picture, you know what's just as important than the people in the picture? Backdrop. Backdrop is the most important. Matter of fact, they drug my family through the woods. <laughs> didn't, they, didn't they do it to us? Drug us through the woods, down a dirt road, and I thought this is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life. Amen. In a place that didn't seem like anything, and set out a little table there or a bench or something so we could sit on. Amen. And it's because that it's in the backdrop. It, it brings out all the colors of the eyes, and it, and it just sets the setting, amen? Does anybody know what I'm talking You know what I'm talking about. You got to have the right backdrop to make the picture what it is. Well, can I tell you, there's nothing like inconvenience to set a backdrop for the miraculous of God. There's, there's nothing like inconvenience in your life that won't bring out the color of your faith and the color of your truck. Oh, who am I talking to right now? Amen. I know I'm going to have to work today, Holy Ghost, so you're going to have to help me. Amen. Because I'm fighting against the mindset that I intend to destroy by the Holy Ghost today. Amen. It's the backdrop of inconvenience. Study your Bible. Find me one place where revival was poured out that wasn't poured out in the backdrop of oppression, depression, discouragement. Huh? Amen. So some of you are sitting here right now feeling awful dry. And are you kidding me, man, with everything we've been through? I, my prayer life's been turned upside down. Can I tell you, it's the perfect backdrop for the move of God. It hasn't stopped God from taking his stand to bless you. Oh, I know you feel like you ain't prayed right. You ain't studied right. We've had eye storms. We've had COVID. Is anybody listening to it? It is the most income. Am I the only one? Amen. Has anybody else got lazy over the last seven Thank you. Amen. Y'all hadn't y'all been gone. Amen. You just get lazy sometimes. Why? Because there's nothing else to do but eat. 
Can I get a witness, somebody? Amen. It's been so inconvenient just when COVID, you know, COVID turned our world upside down. Am I talking to anybody in this place? And it's just inconvenient right now. It's just inconvenient because I feel out of order and my own conscience is judging me because I ain't prayed right. I'm going to, I'm going to kick the devil in the teeth. I ain't studied right. I ain't been faithful. I've been inconsistent. I sleep late, stay up late, eating tater chips at 12 o'clock at night. Is anybody in this place? Amen. When I come to tell you, I ain't the only one. It's the backdrop for God. He's standing up on his feet right now and he's about to bless you. Not because of you. He's going to bless you because of what Christ did for you. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Oh, you better pray for me. You hear me? Somebody ought to give. It always comes in times like these. Ah, it would be so much easier if it come when I was on a high. Oh, y'all are going to settle me. I don't care. Help me, Holy Ghost. And wouldn't it be better if it came when everything was spiritual, when I was still praying with the kids at night? Uh, y'all go through them phases, you know, where you're real faithful for a while on this, that, and the other. It would be so much better. And I would feel like I deserved it if you came. Oh, my God. I would feel like I deserved it if it came when I was on a high. But because I was on a low and you slid me up under the king's table and my dysfunction Oh, this is too good. Amen. Now all you can say is, is, is Micah. Now all you can say is, look at God. I can't tell you I prayed enough. I can't tell you I fasted enough. All I can tell you is God has picked me up and slid me. It always comes in the inconvenient season. I mean, look at, look, at, look at the exodus out of Egypt. If it would have been two years, I'd have still been expecting. If it had been two days, I would have believed you, Moses. Somebody help me right now. If it would have been two years, I think I would have still been with you. If it had been 20 years, you know, maybe there'd still be something left in me. But it wasn't two years. It wasn't 20 years. It wasn't 200 years. But 400 years later, God stood up on hell. I'd have been saying, if you'd have come a little earlier, I'd have been a little readier. If you'd have come a little earlier, I'd have been a little readier. That's right, R-E-A-D-I-E-R, for you didn't go to school. Sarah said, why are you talking to me like this? Amen. My, oh, my title, put my title up. Amen. Opportunity's knocking and you're not dressed for it. I said, opportunity's knocking and you done took your clothes off. Opportunity's knocking and you done laid down your expectation. Opportunity's knocking and you done laid down your hope. Is anybody in this place, amen? But God planned it that way because you're not standing there dressed right, looking right, smelling right. Amen. Because God wants you to know I ain't even doing it because of you. I'm doing it because I had a promise with your daddy. I made your daddy a promise. You know why Jesus hung on that cross? Amen. For God so loved the world because God so loved the world. In other words, Jesus said, I'm hanging here for the sake of my father who says he's got a Mephibosheth. He wants delivered. 
Can y'all handle this today? Ask your neighbor, did you catch that one? Did you catch that one? You better not drop that ball. We'll put you on the bench. Huh? I, I'm, I got to work hard today. I'm not real strong, but I got to work hard today because I know what it's like to be Mephibosheth. I know what it's like to be Mephibosheth. Amen. I bet he was standing at the door with the door about cracked open saying, you got the wrong house. God, this stuff just keeps coming. No, he don't have the wrong house, Michael Turner. He don't have the wrong house, John. Christy, no, he don't have the wrong house. Amen. The Holy Ghost is knocking on your door saying the king sent me after you to put you in a position you never thought you was able. No, he's got the right address. He's got your address and he's knocking on your door in spite of the environment you were raised in. Woo! I told my wife, did I not tell you I'm going to preach to me and her today? If y'all don't want it, throw it to Patty. She needs it. He's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. Well, if he'd have just done it sooner, if he'd have just come sooner, that's the same thing Mary Martha stood in the graveyard about Lazarus and said, Jesus, if you would have just come a little sooner, I know it could have happened three days ago. It could have happened in that season in my life because there was a little bit of hope left in there, but you're too late. And Jesus is standing by the grave saying, did I not tell you you're about to see the glory of God? Did I not tell you if you would believe, you would see the glory. It ain't too late. It ain't too late. Opportunity's knocking right now. And the reason you're having a hard time opening it is because you feel like it's out of season. I ain't feeling it, preacher. I ain't feel, I'm deader than last year's corn crop. Come on, somebody help me. Louisiana, help me. I ain't feeling it. I, I ain't feeling it. But I didn't stop the king from beating on his door. Mephibosheth, I come to get you. I come to get you. Come on, can we go a little bit further? Sarah said, if you... Sarah said, God shows up and tells you she's going to have a kid. Sarah said, if you would have said this at least... While I was still ovulating, I might have bought in. Yeah, if you'd have, if you'd have said this back, I mean, I know I never had a child, but if you would have been speaking to me like this back when... Every time I had a period, it would produce a little bit of hope that I'm still not dead. Is anybody in this place that, it, that it's still possible? But no, God, you have waited until there's no ovulation. I've never had a child, and now you want to tell me I'm going to be fruitful? Amen. Is anybody hearing me in this building today? I come to tell you it's never too late. It is your season, but I've tried and it didn't work. I've tried and it didn't work. I've tried and it didn't work. I wonder how many times she tried. I've tried and it didn't work. Well, I got good news for you. God is standing up on his throne. You got to try one more time. High five your neighbor and tell him, try it one more time. Try it one more time. Don't give up. Oh my God. Don't let your yesterday rob you of your today. 
Mephibosheth, don't let your past rob you of your future. Seriously, I've been this way a long time. Oh, my God, I feel your heart. I've been this way a long time. Dustin, it's, it's the only way I know. I've been this way a long time. I was crippled at five years old. I've been crippled a lot longer than I was whole. Shut up. I've been lipping a lot longer than I walked straight. Matter of fact, I've limped so long, it's become my identity that when people call me Mephibosheth, they forget to call me by my destiny and address me by my dysfunction. Oh, let me help this side over here. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. I've been this way so long that I've embraced the dysfunction and I've learned how to function in my dysfunction. I've learned, God Almighty, I've learned how to operate. I even had a kid. I had a wife, but I was dysfunctional, amen. Are you listening to me? I come in the Holy Ghost today to tell you that God is about to pull you out of Lodabar in spite of how you see yourself. Oh, can somebody receive this? You ain't gonna be crippled all your life. You ain't gonna be in Lodabar all your life. Because you know what I've noticed? When they brought Mephibosheth in and set him at the table, I always thought I had a table. You know what? When you sit at the king's table, that means you're a son. And we're all sitting at the king's table and we're all eating king's food and we're all eating manna from another world. Amen. But when you're sitting in this table, there's one thing you can't see and that's my feet. I said, when we're all sitting at this table, my dysfunction is covered by the spread of God. Who is that word for? It's being covered by what coming down out of heaven. Somebody shout, God's got you covered. God's got you covered. I told you last week there's supposed to be some ministries birth, but you're going to have to catch this word today to birth it. God's about to set you at some tables that while you're sitting there, you're going to say, oh God, how did I get here? Oh, I'm prophesying now. You're going to be saying, how did I get at this table? When I look around, I don't even belong at this table. Amen. I've been living in my car's house. I've been living in a place of total surrender. I've been crippled all my life. How did I get to this position? How? I'll tell you, Mephibosheth was even prophesying with it. Am I talking really fast? He was prophesying when he named his son. Sometimes you got to name your future even when you're living in oppression. You got to prophesy where you're going even when you're living in Lodabar. Who am I helping this morning? Amen. He said, I'm going to name him Micah, which means who is like the Lord. Can I say? Because then when you're sitting in places you don't feel like you're qualified, you're going to be saying, look at God. Look at God. I didn't do anything to get to this level. Can you catch it? I don't know if you can or not. 
It's not easy, Mephibosheth, when you've been crippled all your life. He said, don't let your yesterday rob you of your day today. Now, in spite of how dead you may feel in your spirit right now, I need you to preach to yourself, check yourself and say, now is the appointed time. Oh, come on now. If you ain't preaching it with conviction, it don't work. Come on now. I said, preach it, preach it, preach it. Now is the appointed time. Now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Today I'm being transported from Lodabar to the king's table. <laughs> right down Isaiah 43, 18. Come on now. Am I working it? Can y'all get it? 43.18 says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. You will never go forward until you get a really bad memory. You're going to have to forget some things. Now, some of this ain't hitting home with some of you, but for somebody, this is... You can't move forward because you're too busy looking in the rearview mirror. You can't be successful because you're so busy looking at every failure. You can't be kingly because you're so busy looking at the environment you was raised in. What you had to go through. Can I tell you, they, some people listen to the sound of my voice right now. What makes it even worse is you got hurt. You were, you're, you were, you were made crippled. You got you were made dysfunctional, not because of you, but because the one closest to you dropped you. Amen. You got crippled because some that should have been protecting you, amen, dropped the ball. Amen. He was five years old and she was doing her best, but she tripped and fell and he was crippled. So not only was he a cripple, but he was crippled because of a generation before him or a generation before him. My God, somebody pray for me this morning that you're still dealing with the aftermath of being dropped by somebody else. But God said, I'm wiping it all away today. And if you can catch it. I'm finna pull you out and put you at my table. If you can receive it, I'm finna pull you out. He said, so, did y'all write that scripture down? Don't remember the former things. Neither consider the things of you. Oh, you're spending too much time considering how it used to be. That's, your, that's, that's one of your problems. And all the while, Zeba them's out there. Come on, man. The king sent me after you. That's the way I feel like I'm preaching this morning. The king sent me after you, but you're being reluctant and you're fighting it because you're thinking, hey, man, are you kidding me? My, my, my dad and my grandfather was killed on the battlefield. We've been living in obscurity all of our lives, and you want to tell me you have come to bring me to the king's table? Is anybody praying for me out there right now? Because God is after somebody right here, right now, and that you're not going any further until you can say, I choose to bring into captivity ever thought and I will no longer consider what a failure I was. I will no longer consider how many times I've been around this mountain. I will quit counting the louts and start focusing 
Receive it, Sister Jackie. Catch it. I'm throwing. I'm going to quit counting the laps of how many times I endured this so I can embrace where God has taken me. He said, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. He said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. I don't know if y'all can receive this word. I'm not preaching about next week. I'm talking about now. Now, Gracie, now. Now it's going to spring forth. But here's the question. Shall you not know it? The question is, are you even going to recognize it? Are you still blinded by your disease? Are you still blinded by your dysfunction or I'm doing a new thing? The question is, are you even going to recognize it? God has been pushing me for four months now. Four months now, but it's been so inconvenient. So much is going on, pulling you together, pouring into you what I've been wanting to do. But it's been so inconvenient, amen, that I just try not to bother you too much. But I feel a push right now that now is the time. This is the season. Is anybody bearing witness with me out there? Amen. Now is the time. I'm doing a new thing. He said, will you not know it? He said, I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In other words, that wilderness backdrop and that desert backdrop makes a beautiful sight when a river's running through it. And look at this, Kim, of why he's wanting to do it. He said, the beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Lo, I give drink to my people. Do y'all understand what that's prophetic? Do you understand what... uh, Dragons and owls represents, that represents people that has the character of a a dragon. That represents people, amen, that represents the heathen, that represents the lowest of the low, that represents those that has no heart for God. He said, but because of what I'm about to do in your life, he said, the worst of the worst is going to give glory to me because I just busted a river out in your life. Is anybody ready to be used by God on this level? He said, I'm going to show my glory through my people and the lost folks are going to say, my God, look what God's doing in them. Right in the midst of this desert we're living in, they're just blossoming. Oh my God, can y'all receive this much prophecy? He said, I got to go on because I got to get to the end of this message. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And then he went into another scripture that I thought that's out of context. I thought that scripture don't fit. That's Revelations, if you want to put it up on the screen, that's Revelations 3, 20 and 21. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody opens up, I'm coming in. In other words, opportunities knocking. But God will not push his way into your life. He didn't only say, I'm knocking. He said, if anybody hears my voice and opens up to me. And Taylor, the very next verse says, y'all can't find that verse for me? The very next verse says, to him that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me, got it? In my, not on my throne. The Hebrews, the Greek says, in my throne. 
That's a major difference. Anybody can run up there and jump on it. But you know when you're in it, you're covered by it. And you're walking in dominion and you're exercising authority. Are, are y'all catching this? I'm, I'm passing it. I'm trying to pass it right to you. Amen. If any man overcomes it, I'm thinking, why did you go to overcome from I'm standing at the door and knocking? I want to tell you why. It's because you're going to have to overcome some things to get the door open. You're, you're going to have to overcome some things to seize your opportunity. I don't know. Somebody shout it out. What are you going to have to overcome? Laziness? Uh, you're going to have to, are you already in your bed? <laughs> and you don't want to get up and over? Is it the mundaneness of your life that you're going to have to wrestle with and overcome because there's a higher voice crying from the door? I got more for you, Tammy Emmons. I got more for you, Tammy Emmons. You're going to have to overcome your past to go into your future. You're going to have to overcome the surroundings she was raised in. You're going to have to overcome an old identity to him that conquers and subdues and prevails. You're going to have to conquer something. Let me tell you what you're going to have to conquer. You're going to have to conquer self-perception. Oh, y'all sit there and just be quiet. Yeah. That's what you're going to have to overcome. Because the king's calling you Mephibosheth, destined to destroy shame, and you're ashamed of what you are. Always beating yourself up. Come on now, I ain't preaching, I'm just working today. I'm just working. Yeah, yeah, you'd think if Jesus is at the door knocking, hollering, let me in, you're going to jerk that door open? Oh, no, no, no. There's a lot to overcome before you grant him that opportunity. Some of you have got to overcome a set schedule. Some of us are consistently inconsistent. Write that one down. Amen. And you can't seize opportunity in an inconsistency. So I'm going to have to overcome my inconsistency so that I'm ready to jerk that door open where he can come into me. Huh? Uh, y'all are being quiet. I need somebody to shout out. What is it keeping you from opening the door? Well, it's because I'm crippled. I'm, I'm, I'm crippled. I, I can't open the door. You're going to have to compass, compass it. He said, I, I'm living in Macar. I'm living in an environment of surrender. I'm living in Lodapar. I'm not used to somebody talking to me like this. I'm not used to somebody. God almighty. Oh, if I could be a father to you today. Amen. I don't care what the past has told you and circumstances have told you. I come to tell you, you are an exterminator of oppression. That's what you are. To him that overcometh. You got to beat that thing. I can't think of anything else. I'm going to walk around and repeat myself. Because there's some things I hadn't touched on your, in your life yet. Are y'all with me? Yeah, yeah. I'm just me. I'm just Amanda. Mommy, my Lord, I got a food truck. I cook hot dogs. 
<laughs> Hello, Lord, she cooks. Are you listening? I'm just me. I'm, I, I'm just me. Are you listening to me? Amen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just bliss. I mean, my Lord, I destroy Ford trucks. You know what I'm saying? I just cut the guts out of Ford trucks. Amen. Whoo, and making a lot of money doing it. Amen. Are y'all listening to me? I'm, 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 just, I'm just me. Is anybody listening to me? I'm just Courtney. I'm just a mom and a wife. I'm just a little old piano player. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just Gracie. I'm not talking to anybody. Amen. You don't even understand me. I've been limping all my life. I had never got it together. God Almighty. I had never got it together. And now you're trying to tell me that I got a place at the king's table. And all of a sudden I knew the scripture wasn't out of context. He can't be talking to me, man. It wasn't but two weeks ago. I was, I was, I was really wondering if God was real. Oh my God, I feel you. I feel you. It wasn't too long ago. I was just wondering, is there really a God? Is it all a bunch of hoopla? Yeah, you can't be talking to me. But you feel me, don't you? You feel me. I'm talking to you. I'm, the Holy Ghost is talking to you. That's him knocking. Right now, yeah, he's talking to you. Amen. So, so Mephibosheth, quit beating yourself up because it ain't about you. There's a revelation. Somebody tell your neighbor that. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. Amen. It's about what Jesus did for you. You didn't deserve to be at this table in the first place. You didn't deserve to be in this, <laughs> in this circle in the first place. You didn't deserve it. He said, I'm just looking. <laughs> I'm just looking to show the goodness of God to someone who deserves it and his name is Jesus my God what a word so he's out there knocking are y'all still with me he said man what how am I supposed to come on a Sunday morning and receive this kind of information well, every time I look in the mirror, I see a dead dog. <laughs> every time I look at it, which just means a despicable person. I just see somebody who's a mess up. I just see somebody who's been through too much. I'm just going to say it back here. And let me preach on another level because somebody, there's some people listening to me, is about to be pulled into some circles to bring a whole lot of glory to God that you're not going to be comfortable for. In. Oh, no, you're not going to be comfortable there. And if you're not careful, you'll say, you know what? I'd rather stay down here. Okay, thank you. Somebody received. You know what? I'd rather just stay down here. I'm going to sing my little song. I'm going to clap my little hands. And I'm going to go to heaven with everybody else. But really, I'm a whole lot more comfortable. Comfortable. <laughs> No, if I'm praying in the Holy Ghost or what? I'm way more comfortable around people in my circle. But now you want to take me out of my circle and put it in circle with people who intimidate me. Who am I preaching to? Amen. It's coming. I tell you, it's coming. Amen. He's about you to put you in circles with people that you think uh, you can't run like them. You can't walk like them. Amen. But I got good news for you. Think about it. He said, here I am sitting at the king's table. And all these people deserve to be here but me. 
They all deserve to be here but me. He has just given me my full inheritance back. What I thought was lost has come back to me. I was being prepped at five years old and lost it. I lost it because of a major crisis. I lost it. But now here I am sitting at the table and he's given me acres and acres and hundreds of millions of acres of land. They're mine. But the problem is, I can't work it. I'm crippled. I can't, I can't operate like everybody else because I'm too handicapped. Y'all have had it together all y'all's lives. But me, I can't function like y'all. He said, don't worry about it, Mel. Matter of fact, he said, I don't even know how to run an estate so big. I don't know how to function in an estate this big. He said, because now all of Mephibosheth, all his servants is your servants now. I don't know how to tell servants what to do. Matter of fact, I don't even know what all daddy owned. Oh, my God. Oh, this is the part that's helping me right now. I don't know where the boundary lines are. I don't know where all his cows are. I don't know where all his sheep are. I don't know where the gold mines are. I don't know where anything is. I'm helping myself right now, baby. You catching this? Amen. I don't, I don't know where none of that is. He said, don't worry about it. I got your grandfather's right-hand man called Zeba. And Zeba is going to take his servants and they're going to cultivate the land for you and they're going to bring the fruit to you because nobody knows Saul like Zeba. Can I tell you Zeba actually means, it means something. Help me, Holy Ghost. Oh, it means standard. It means, Zeba means standard, which actually is the picture of a sentinel who's standing to provide, to protect. He's standing there alone beside you to help you do what you cannot do on your own. Oh my God, that reminds me of Paracletos. That reminds me, Zeba is the Holy Ghost that's gonna help you rule like you never knew who, somebody get this word. He's... He knows Saul like nobody knows Saul. No man knows this God like the Spirit of God. But now the Spirit of God is going to teach you which fork to pick up. I mean, you're sitting there saying, do I get the left fork or the right fork? Oh, I'm helping. Now I'm helping us, babe. Amen. Uh, am I supposed to put the kerchief up here? Or am I supposed to spread it over my legs? Amen. Am I supposed to eat with my right hand? Oh, I'm preaching. Y'all ain't helping me. But am I supposed to eat with my right hand or my left hand? And I'm sitting at the table trying to see what everybody else is going to do. But God is saying, I positioned you and I'm going to empower you. You're going to just know. Oh my God, you're just gonna know how to operate on this level. My God. Lindsay, you catching anything? You look like you was in a dead stare there. I just brought you back. 
And when you get brave enough to open the door. When you finally overcome all the obstacles of inconsistency, inconsistency, laziness, complacency of, I've tried it before, it didn't work. I come to tell you, this is a season God is standing waiting for you to try it again. What you sowed a few months back wouldn't grow, it'll grow now. Because it's the season for it. It's the season for it. Your inheritance is being given back to you. My God, I'm prophesying. I said your inheritance is being given back to you. And I can't preach it no plainer, Mephibosheth. It ain't because you deserve it. It's because Jesus paid for it. So I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and sup with him and him with me. And to him that overcometh, will I allow to sit with me in my throne, even as I have overcome and sit with the Father in, my, in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear. I can't preach to your ears today and you get it. Amen. You're going to have to receive this with your spirit. And I stopped because it was the end of the chapter, but the Holy Ghost kept pulling me forward. And then it said, afterwards... In other words, after you opened the door for him, behold, a door was opened for you. Give me four and one back there. Say, oh man. After you finally overcame all the thoughts in your mind, after you overcame, I'm a cripple. It ain't fair. I have to minister on a level that's in my dysfunction and everybody else has got it all together. Boy, that's a lie, ain't it, Kitty? After I got the boldness to open the door, all of a sudden, and I want y'all to notice this, it really ain't like Jesus opened a door. It was like when I overcame, I was able to see there was a door all the time. But look, here's the difference. As this door was open in a higher realm, I've been looking too low. My God, can y'all receive all? But now because I finally got the curse, a lot of you are mad at God. A lot of people are mad at God and wondering why God ain't doing nothing. And God has said, are you kidding me, man? I'm Song of Solomon chapter number five. I've been standing out here knocking on your door until my head is full of dew and, and water's running down trying to get you to open the door. For when you open the door, you're about to see some things in another realm. If you will embrace the opportunity. And I like what it said. Thank you, say it. Thank you, say man. He said, I looked and behold, the door was open. And the first voice I heard. Now, there's several ways to interpret that. He could be saying, it's the same voice I heard back in Revelations chapter number one. But the word first actually means chief or rank. Can I tell you when it's time? Come on now, I'm going to help somebody else deal with me. Can I tell you when it's time for transition, there's going to be multiple voices. And you will follow the first voice you hear. Let me put it like this. You will be, influ to, you'll be influenced 
to the voice you put first. That's the one that's going to control your destiny. Are you going to keep listening to Macar? Are you going to keep reading the news from Lodabar and trying to live on a new level? The first voice I heard, now that I have conquered to overcome, I have learned to make his voice the chief voice of my life. I'm not at liberty to tell you some things that's going on in my life right now for some reason, but I'm telling you, I'm in a position to where I got to hear what God is saying, not what Dean is telling me. Because Dean is always telling me, you don't measure up. Jennifer, be real careful that that other voice don't always tell you, you don't measure up. You hear me, Kim, Kim, Kim Taylor? You got, you got to get that voice from the, Amanda, you feel me? You got to put his voice first. And look what happens. I'll try to get wrapped up. Look what happens. That voice was like a trumpet, and look what he said. Come up hither. I want to show you some things to come. He said, I want you to come up higher because I'm about to take you to some elevated places, and you're going to start seeing some things from a higher realm. I can't preach this no more plainer than what I'm trying to preach it, but if you're sitting there listening to me with normal ears, you're going to miss it. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. If you do not embrace it and realize, if you'll get that door open, you're about to be taken to a higher realm of the Spirit, and you're going to start seeing some things in a prophetic realm, and you're going to start seeing some things like you've never seen before in the Spirit realm. He said, come up higher. And he said, and immediately as I was in the Spirit, and behold, I saw the throne. If you'll get that door open, he said, the first thing I saw was authority. I saw dominion. And I saw him who sat upon that throne. Revelation chapter 1 or chapter number 2, John saw Jesus, but he was standing. Feet like brass, eyes like fire, head like wool, a girdle, a golden girdle wrapped around his, his waist. But now he sees God sitting on the throne. And he said he was crystal clear and brilliant. And he was covered by the rainbow of promises. God's about to raise some people. When you learn to put God's voice first. When he says pray, you pray. When he says fast, you fast. When he says speak, you speak. When he says don't, you don't. When he says do, you do. You're opening the door every time he knocks. You're opening the door. And he said, as a result, I'm about to open up. Come on now, I'm prophesying now. Y'all ready to receive it? I'm about to open up some revelations. Amen. I'm gonna share some things with some of you teachers tonight. Can I tell you, anybody can teach the Bible. Anybody can love the Bible. But there's very few who fall in love with the God of the Bible. And when you do, there's a realm opened up to you that you don't just feed a bunch of dead information coming out of a eunuch up here preaching it. It starts coming as impartation and lives are changed. Is anybody, that's where the church is going right now. Why? Because we got a revelation not really of who we are, but I saw him high and lifted up. 
And he was crystal clear and transparent. I begin to see on a whole new level. That's where God's taken his church. You have just heard an apostolic message, and I'm not talking about some Pentecostal doctrine. I'm talking about this is what God said I'm doing in the body of Christ right now. But I've stood outside so long, my hair's wet, knocking on your door. Because if you'll just open that door, there's some things already available to you. Oh, my God, is anybody listening to me? And I'm going to call you up, and I'm going to show you some things. I was praying, and God said, I'll talk to you leaders later, but he said, a master don't tell his servant what he's going to do. He tells his servants what to do. But a friend reveals vision to his sons. That's what's going to happen. We're going to see as he sees. We're going to hear what he's saying. Why? Because we see him as he is. Can I tell you this? Some of us are not dysfunctional because how we see ourselves. We're dysfunctional because we hadn't caught a clear glimpse of Jesus. Because when you see him, Remember, he doesn't say it. I'm going to let you sit in my throne with me. You begin to see how powerful you are. How anointed you are. Stand with me all over this place. Amen. Okay, great. Come on. They got, a, they got a little song they're going to do. That's going to be our altar call. I don't know what it is. I hope, is it Christian? <laughs> I hope it's a Christian song. Come on. Oh, they're going to play it. As this song is playing, I don't even know what it is. But wait a minute. Push pause. Push pause. As this song is playing, If you caught it today, I need you to come today. I got something in my hands today. And I'm just going to make contact with you. If you caught it today, because let me tell you what, you can't leave here saying this was a good idea. You're going to have to catch it way down in your spirit before you ever decide to change your address from Lodabar to the king's table as they're playing today I want you to if that's you I want you to come and stand across here and we're going to join together we're just going to make contact with one another because I'm telling you today if you don't come today I'm not telling you you're going to miss out you're going to miss out on the anointing today can I just tell you this and I usually don't tell this before I preach because I don't want you feeling sorry for me I was so sick, I couldn't hold my head up yesterday. I was that sick. I never get sick. I was that sick. To the point my text to you was going to be, we're going to have church at 930 unless I tell you at 9, uh, I mean at 1030, unless I text you back and say I'm too weak. But I by faith said, we're going to have church at 1030. Courtney texted said, Tell, tell Pastor, I need to know for sure. I told Patty, I said, you tell her I will be preaching in this house tomorrow. 
I just told y'all to tell you this. It's because this was the hour. Oh, my God, look at this response. Now, listen to me. The Bible says we can lay hands on and impart, right? So that's why we're doing this. But I believe the impartation had to start with a word. So all I'm going to do is touch and agree with you that you decide today if I have to put both feet and grab that door and pull it open. I'm going to overcome every insecurity in me, every weakness in me. I'm going to overcome, and I'm going to get this door open. And when you do, behold, you're about to see some things. God Almighty, it's been a habit in my life. Patty, it's been a habit in your life that when you open the door to him, I don't know what it looks like for you, but you will know. And you're going to step in a realm that you're uncomfortable with, but don't forget Zebus. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast.